I just accepted that, you know, we're, we're not a wealthy family. This is my lot in life. From Money Fit by DRS, it's the Money Fit Show, your weekly podcast about real difficult money stories, overcoming financial obstacles, and tips for building healthy money habits. I'm Todd Christensen, host of the Money Fit Show podcast, and today I'm talking with a man who rewired his subconscious to energize him from scarcity mindset to one of abundance. This force worked for him, and it can work for you too. Hmm, may the force be with you. Michael DeHaan is the co-founder and financial wellness leader at Quantum Leap Global, a business focused on igniting human potential and supporting people to live their life by design. His passion is working with clients to create financial freedom and confidence when dealing with money so they can live their life with joy, abundance, and vitality. I love those three uh, words, and we're going to be talking, I'm sure, about uh, them all. But uh, Michael DeHaan, welcome to The Money Fit Show. Oh, thank you for having me, Todd, and I, I love the title of your show. Thank you so much. Yeah, we uh, we were thinking years ago, what we, the name of our company is Debt Reduction Services. A lot of people don't understand that, but people get scared of the word debt. So we said, let's talk about what we actually are. Let's get money fit. So, you know, uh, global uh, or, uh, Quantum Leap Global talks about getting financially financially free money fit. Seems like a pretty good fit to me. <laughs> and thank you for having me. Well, I, I appreciate it. I will note uh, that we are on separate continents. And so I greatly appreciate you being up extra early to join us today and, and share some, some information with our listeners. My pleasure. Michael, uh, to begin my show, I always start with a uh, kind of a get to know you question. Uh, and, and for you, when did you realize you wanted to start your own business? Do you recall a moment or uh, uh, the impetus to that? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I, I think I've been in banking and financial planning for over 30 years. And mm -hmm. so it's very much around people coming to me. They, they had money to invest. Um, so I would make them more money. So yeah. I, I, I knew the marks. I knew how to make money for people. So but there's a, there a gap, Todd, and I'll share that with my yeah. own personal story. But there's a gap in between 95% of Australians don't seek advice from a financial planner. They, they're just going through life, mm -hmm. doing, doing their best and just trying to create financial well-being. Yeah. So with that massive gap and the financial stress that we're seeing out there and how that affects health and relationships and, and what I went through personally, I, I needed to be able to tap into offering financial wellness to all Australians and, yeah. and, and now even globally. And, that was important to me because financial stress is a burden. Yeah. And well, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I was going to say, and when you've got that, when you're living with that daily, it just has such a significant impact on living your best life, living your life by design, which I'm, I'm a big advocate of. Yeah. I, I love how you uh, uh, talk about 
money um, and it's not separated from the rest of our lives. Uh, it's part of relationships, so forth. I think a lot of times we we uh, we grow up and and try and compartmentalize money and so that we don't have to think about it. We can enjoy the rest of our lives and not think about money. And that, that's a great analogy because when you look at money and, and people's beliefs and behaviors around money, you can reflect that into all parts of their life because mm-hmm. money in a sense is just energy. So, yeah. and it's around your self-worth and beliefs. And as I said, how it shows up with money is it how it shows up in relationships and how it shows up in your career. It shows up in all forms of your life. Yeah. Well, let me, let's, let's, uh, let me ask you, let's start with this, this discussion here. I, I've uh, mentioned to you earlier, I, I find that many of us end up in professions and careers that kind of help us address uh, or, or avoid some of the negative experiences we may have had in our early years or, uh, and, and so at, at Quantum Leap Global, you note that uh, you help people create joy, abundance and vitality through financial well-being. So what are some uh, what are some of the personal experiences that that made you feel, hey, I want others to feel this? Maybe I didn't I didn't experience myself. Are we going back a few years or, or more than a few years uh, times that maybe you, you didn't feel financially well? And it's it's really interesting. And I'm going to even go back 20 years or even further. And yeah. And it's really around, I suppose, my relationship with money. So uh-huh. I, knew, I knew money backwards. I've been dealing with money all my life, but I didn't know the emotional side of money. I was, I was very external type. And uh-huh. what I found was being brought up with scarcity and not feeling worthy is that uh-huh. a lot of the money decisions I was making was from a space of fear and self-doubt. And that was creating a sort of a self-sabotage model. And my experience is that when, as I said, happily married, um, two young children, and really just trying to build a life of financial freedom. Mm-hmm. But along the way, I was, I was, again, self-sabotaging. I was at one stage put our family home at risk even um, buying mm-hmm. into a business that deep down I knew wasn't going to be successful. I was partnering yeah. with the wrong person, but I, I, yeah. did, I did it anyway. And what, what I found was that I go back to that sort of societal conditioning where, you know, I'm the provider. So men generally the provider, women generally right. the carer. Mm-hmm. So my role in the family, I believed, was to provide and, and make all the financial decisions. Mm-hmm. But coming from a space of fear and self-doubt, I was making poor decisions. Yeah. And what that did is it created that unsafety for my wife. We're running parallel lives. I was looking after the financial, I was the CFO of the family. Yeah. And my wife was looking after the children, you know, making decisions for the children, what schooling and, and things like that. And running that parallel life and not bringing my wife into not even understanding um, one, what, what makes her feel safe and really what what life do we both want to create together that's around that financial well-being, around freedom, around joy. Mm-hmm. We, never had, we never had those conversations. So I just was on this pathway just trying to build wealth. Yeah. And with that sort of self-sabotage and sort of making 
mistakes and really making some poor decisions. Actually, one, as I said, put my family house at risk, but I also got sick. Really? So I went down a path. Physically, physically sick? Physically sick. And that's what stress will do to you. And I had financial stress for, I'm going to say, 15 years, Todd, and what that did with that continual stress in my body, it mm. put me down a pathway. Uh, I was diagnosed with anxiety and then went down to the depression um, pathway and then mm. I was later diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer. So these are all the things that will happen if you don't sort of do the internal work and really understand why you're making decisions, where are they coming from, and are they the best decisions for you to live your best life? Yeah. You know, early on in my um, time here at, uh, at Money Fit, I had a financial educator who uh, I, I remember her coming out of an office, uh, had been uh, teaching class to three or four um, people, and uh, they were in tears. And I thought, oh, did that go well or, or not or, or poorly? And uh, But she explained to me that she had a lady in the class who they had gotten into this discussion of what you, know, you refer to it as she felt unworthy to um, to find uh, fulfillment or uh, success financially. She and and so can we can we explore that just a bit? You, you mentioned you grew up in a in a, in a difficult situation. Um, how did that feeling? Uh, of being unworthy of, uh, you know, life um, satisfaction financially. How did that develop? Do you, have you gone back and I mean, I'm, I'm sure in your work, you, you, you talk with people about this fairly regularly, right? They can't have joy unless they feel that they're worthy of that. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that was, uh, as I said, a lot of internal work that I had to do and, and, I didn't really understand how it was showing up because it, it sits in your subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. A lot of the programming from 0 to 7, when you're in that survival mode, whatever you see, hear or feel, you take on as truth. Mm-hmm. So we're brought up around negative beliefs around money. So and our parents did the best job that they could. Right. But being brought up in scarcity and, you know, that money is the root of all evil and, and yeah. just having those beliefs that, that formed part of my programming, my my beliefs, and that's how I sort of ran through my life, again, holding those beliefs. And because I was subconscious and, and not at a conscious level, I didn't see any impact in my life. I just accepted that, you know, we're, we're not a wealthy family. This is my lot in life. You know, mm-hmm. and, and accepting that you know, in regard to self-worth, that this is, this is the best that I can do. You know, how, how can I create and manifest things in my life? And, and that's, that, there's an acceptance there, so that's how you live your life. And that's how a lot of people live their life, Todd, that they just accept. Yeah. Do you, I don't know if you recall anything like this, but I, I know um, a lot of people will have uh, a memory of asking a parent for some money, uh, even for just something little, and, and, and you know, maybe... Uh, gum or candy bar or whatever. And we told, we don't have money that we don't have money for that. And that, and, and rather than what I usually teach is that's not a priority. Uh, if you don't want to 
buy that for your child. But um, that that feeling that, okay, that we don't have money. I can't have anything of pleasure or anything beneficial. Um, was that, uh, is that common in your experience working with people that you have um, with your business? And that's, that's really common. Um, and even to the point, um, Todd, where you're looking at your mom and dad and they're, they're fighting about money. Mm-hmm. So you as a young child, it's just going, money's bad. Yeah. You know, where, where's the joy in, in money? So mm-hmm. you take that on and, and in a sense you can start pushing away money because you've seen what happened with your mum and dad as an example, how they fought about money. Uh, back to, to your story even, uh, it's money could have been used as a condition for love. Yeah. And when you shared about not having money to buy something, uh, a lot of times I remember is that you're always asking for money. You know, why, mm. are, you, why are you so greedy? You know, we, we can't afford it. We, we don't have money. Mm. And the actual fact might have been is that that day of the week they didn't have money because it might have been the right. day before pay. I, I don't know. Right. Yeah. But in the program sense there, all I'm hearing is that we don't have money. I'm greedy for asking for money. You know, who am I to be asking for money from mum and dad when they, they seem like that they don't have money? So these are the yeah. programs and beliefs that sort of shape my life or did shape my life. Yeah. So how do you, this, I'm sure, is a common experience um, for many of our listeners. But how do you then, and how did you... Uh, what did you? What steps did you go about taking to start recognizing or and and even uh, addressing some of those those self sabotaging beliefs? It sounds like this was uh, now in your twenties or thirties. Thirties, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. And it was really I, I didn't even start doing it until my forties, because then again, mm-hmm. like this sort of I call it sleepwalking through life. Mm-hmm. It's just this acceptance and. When you come to an understanding, and it, it's one of the blessings of being sick and then having relationship issues, is that I couldn't keep explain, like making excuses externally about what was happening. Yeah, I had to look in the mirror and look internally. And, and what I did with support is that I actually started to understand how I was brought up mm-hmm. and really feel into that. So I, a lot of internal work and. Because there's a lot of shame and embarrassment about what I did with money. Yeah. And that's quite common. And to actually just hold the space there and go, well, how was I brought up around money? What are my feelings and beliefs around money? Where did they come from? And a lot of the same beliefs around money was from my mum and dad. Yeah. And what I realised was that I was living their life. Mm. I wasn't living my life by design. I was just on autopilot living a life from a program that was really designed by my mum and dad. Yeah. And that's quite well, emotional. They inherited it from there. Exactly. Previous yeah. generations. And that's that generational. And we, we really need, and you talk about the language that parents um, have with their young children. It's just so important because that's where mm-hmm. we create change. Yeah. Yeah. You said you said you looked in the mirror. You kind of have to look in the mirror and talk to yourself. Was there? Um, were you? You know, you said you you kind of put your at some point put your home um, at risk. Yeah, and you had young children at home. 
was it something that, uh, that, that you were, uh, was your wife aware of this or, or was it when she became aware of it that you, you really started to have so that mirror to mirror experience? Yeah. And my wife was aware of it, but we wouldn't talk about it. Mm. And this is so similar. People don't talk about money. So it becomes an, even if it was brought up, it was in a sense brought up in a confrontational way yeah. where there's a lot of blame. So you can't grow from that space, Todd. It's, it's really creating a space, non-confrontational, just say, well, where are we? What's going on? How do we yeah. actually support each other to move forward and, and keep that intimacy in the relationship? Because if you don't talk about money and if, one, if a partner feels unsafe, which my wife did, yeah. you start to drift away. So what did, what did you do? How did... How did because you've addressed that. I mean, uh, clearly, I mean, you've, you've come to terms with that. How did that, how did that happen for you? Well, it, it happened that I actually, it had drifted too far away that they were uh, marriage ended. Uh-huh. So married for 22 years. And it was really for me then and, and doing a lot of self-learning to say, well, what does my new life look like? And uh-huh. I've met a new partner and we're very aligned with what financial freedom means to us. We're very aligned with, making decisions together, um, having that sort of equality and respect for each other and, and really what we're trying to achieve together is a totally different space. Yeah. How early in your relationship did you start talking about financial freedom? Yeah. Concept? Day one. Really? <laughs> yeah. And it, was, it was liberating, Todd, to actually be with a partner that were on the same page and, and talking freely around financial freedom, what do we truly mm-hmm. desire in life and what does our life look like? And that's it's a different space in regard to I wasn't on autopilot. I was creating with my partner. We were creating mm-hmm. the life that we desired. Mm-hmm. And when, you, when you're in that space and you've, you've learned about your past and you're in this new space, you can sort of manifest and bring into your life what you desire, which is, which is really exciting. Well, how did had you you'd already then by that point you had already addressed some of your those those the, the, the self doubt and the and the um, self sabotaging issues. How was that as a as a result of the 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 real challenging uh, uh, challenge you went through at the end of your your marriage or when did that happen? And that happened when I, as I said, started to get sick. Um, and that anxiety, yeah. depression, um, and prostate cancer was over a period of 10 years. And then yeah. the marriage breakdown was two years after that. So that was a journey yeah. over 12 years. And it was really only at the back end of that is that to acknowledge that I need to do the work on myself. Yeah. I need to reconnect with myself and really find out really what I want in life because as I said, being a passenger, you're not a service to yourself. You're not a service to anyone. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, you meet someone, you, you're at, already at a point, you're, you're have an idea of where you're, where you want to be, what you want to do, what your relationship with money is. Um, what is, what's the practical uh, manifestation of that? Is it just in terms of uh, discussions or uh, hopes and dreams that are so common among people who are just, just meeting or, do you, do you have formal, <laughs> you have formal <laughs> conversations? Uh, oh, we're going to meet on Friday morning to talk about this or something like that. 
And I wouldn't call it formal. Actually, my wife and I um, now are in business together. So, but we'd actually just have the time, and it wasn't set on a particular date there, but we have the time to talk about our intentions. And yeah. when you're living intentionally, and we, we'd actually we, we do vision boarding, so we, we've got mm-hmm. clarity around what our future looks like. Yeah. And that's so powerful. So then the next step is to really understand the flow of money. So, and being intentional around that. So a lot of people don't have a, a budget or a spending plan and whatever they earn, they somehow spend. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. don't have a great relationship with money. So we're really intentional about the flow of money. We're intentional about what our future looks like. And that allows us to create that. So we've made some decisions very, with so much clarity and very precise about everything leading towards that financial freedom, which is a different space on really just saying, I, I just hope it works out. You know, we're, yeah. we've been quite deliberate. Yeah. You know, I, I uh, remember think um, the, the, the concept once when I learned this, um, thought about this 15, 20, 30 years ago, however long it was ago of um, people who, uh, if, if you're in a situation where you you feel unworthy i mean basically you're you're not comfortable with your money and that uh some a lot and yet a lot of people will play the lottery for example and uh try and win all this money and that when some people in that situation do win a large amount of money hundred thousand dollars million dollars more it's it's gone in a hurry because I was told, oh, if you're not comfortable with with money right now, you'll be even more comfortable when you have a lot of it. Yes, is that kind of along the lines of, of what you're talking about? It's exactly on those lines, and it's if you look at the the role of the subconscious mind, is it's to keep you safe. Yeah. So if you're out there and you have abundance and you don't feel worthy of that, you'll release it, and you do it subconsciously, Todd. You won't even and you won't even understand why you're doing it, uh-huh. and 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 it's only when you can actually change your programs, change your habits, and change that sort of self worth there that you can retain money. You can start building that life. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's very common that as I said, even people that um, get an inheritance that yeah. if they have that sort of self worth issues there that they they lose that money. Yeah, I think uh, my my research on on millionaire lifestyles and millionaires uh here in the states anyway it's about uh, only five percent of millionaires inherit their money which means for the next generation that there's a lot of them that are losing that money or not not continuing on so there is that idea that not not ready not comfortable not uh in a position to 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 carry that and and even what i found todd is i um when I was doing financial planning for 16 years, is that I was looking out to clients that made a lot of money. So they had wealth that they would never be able to spend, but in their, right. in their mind, they had, to, they had scarcity, they had not enough, so they mm-hmm. hold on to it. So yeah. if, even though I'm looking at that going, you'll never spend this even if you try, right. they actually didn't feel wealthy, even though that figure said that they were, so that's, that's internally. Yeah. So they could they weren't even living with financial freedom. They'd worked hard, they'd built up investments, so they were financially well off. 
they didn't have financial well-being. They didn't have. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you then about uh, those of us listening that um, are are thinking. You know, it's highly unlikely I'll ever be a millionaire. What uh, is it even possible that I can build a relationship with money where I can still find joy in in, in my finances? And this is the thing: everyone can feel joy, abundance, and vitality because you just get to the core with what you just said. Then is that I don't think I would ever be a millionaire. Well, that that thought in itself will deliver that you'll never be a millionaire. Yeah. So. You can manifest anything in your life if you truly believe it and the self-worth. And that, that's the work that you need to do because your beliefs create your thoughts, your, your thoughts create your reality. Mm-hmm. So if, if you really believe it and you've got self-belief that you can go out there and, and create your dreams, whatever they are, the fact is you can. So uh, uh, is uh, – so uh, kind of another – question along the same lines is uh is your is your idea or or relationship with money is it a figure i mean is it like if i only had if once i can get to this amount yeah what happens when you get to that amount if or if that's if that's what your definition of financial freedom is and that's a really good question and that's what a lot of people especially in the financial planning industry and people generally and it's even if you look at retirement, they say you need $2 million, as an example, yeah. to retire comfortably. So that's a figure, that's an amount. Mm-hmm. Emotionally, how people attach to that. So it's, it's just dollars. Yeah. So we, we work with clients who actually say, well, what do you want your life to look like? We don't take the money part into it. So we work around what I call the five L's. So where do you live? What do you love doing? What are you learning? What makes you laugh? What's your legacy? Mm. And that starts to build a life by design. And it's, it's, it's not around money. Money will, money will come if you've got clarity around what you want to create, what you want your future life to be, the money side will, will follow that. Mm. And as, as the people get overwhelmed, um, people will, when you just look at that figure there, they're not emotionally brought into it and, and the self-worth comes in. But if you talk about what a life that brings you that joy, which everyone deserves, then you start switching on that light internally and going, well, that's what I want. How do I get there? Yeah. And the fact that money is part of it. Yeah, it's just, as you said, it's just the energy. I, I, exactly. I call it a tool. It's, yeah. it's not something to, to covet. It's not something to hate. It's, it's like looking at a hammer uh, and blaming a hammer for a, a wall that fell down or a, uh, Blame, I mean, saying that hammer built the house. It's it's just a tool, though. Exactly. It's just a tool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love the I love the concept of the five L's. And the first one, where do you live? Uh, space, geography is is big deal. My wife and I have had this conversation about um, you know, location and uh, where where we want to f- uh, finally settle down. And uh, it's it is how how big of an issue is that? And it's a, it's a really big issue, and that's, that's where people, because they, they want to find that community. They want to find, as an example, you know, the, the idea of living on the beach. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we've, we've got a lot of beaches here and, and seeing the waves rolling in, um, smelling the fresh air. So when we talk about that sort of visioning about where you want your life to be, we actually 
it's sensory around it. So we actually take people there. Mm-hmm. So you know, five years down the track or 10 years, whatever the plan is, start describing that. Go there. What are you, what are you seeing? Mm-hmm. And when you get that sensory and the, the beautiful thing with the subconscious mind is that it doesn't know whether the story you're telling it consciously is, is real or not. Really? So you can actually be describing this. You can actually be walking in that door where you want to live in five or ten years. Look how the open plan, how the light, the sun shining in. You're actually going out to the backyard. It's an open backyard. You, you can see the waves rolling in. You can smell the salt air. You actually got a barbecue. You've got your family over mm-hmm. there. So you start to get that senses around it and your subconscious mind's going, wow. This is real. So what do we do? So it starts looking for these opportunities to create that. Oh, I love that. It's very, Michael, very powerful. It, yeah, it sounds sounds like what is it that you um as we head down the home stretch here, what is it that you love most about what you do uh, uh, day in and day out? And it's 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 moving people away from this is who I am, this is my lot in life. And, and when you see their eyes light up that they can create their own future and, and then you see the steps that they take to start creating that future and the joy that that brings into their life, not only for themselves, for their relationships, it's just, just um, yeah, it's, it's just great to see that. That's my purpose. That's my passion. Yeah. Very satisfying. Yeah. Uh, Michael Dehan, I, I I sure have appreciated uh, you being so open about your journey today with our listeners and sharing um, what you've learned along the way and what you're sharing with uh, with others and the the, the tools and the, the what you've built to to make it make it uh, make others or make life better for others as well. Help them make a better life for themselves. I should say, I guess. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Michael, which, is there one piece of uh, advice or one uh, principle that m- that means a lot to you that you'd like to share with our uh, listeners today? Yeah, no, I, I'm guided by a quote from Dr. Bruce Lipton, which is, your life is a printout of your subconscious mind. And I live by that. And I read that daily and it keeps me align with that vision to do the internal work mm-hmm. to create the life that you desire. And if you're stuck or if you're not happy within your life, that the work is in the subconscious mind. It's just a, a quote that just resonates with me. It's so powerful. And that's a lot of the work that we need to do to change people's subconscious mind. Yeah. You, you mentioned that you're working on a book. Um, do you have a, you have an estimate on when that might be coming out? Um, two months. All right. Yeah, so, hopefully. <laughs> so so right about the time, uh, right about midsummer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully uh, a year or so, or so from now, and I'm interviewing somebody else and ask them uh, what uh, they'd like to leave. They, they'll be quoting your book. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Very excited. <laughs> Uh, Michael, how can our listeners connect with you online? Where's a good place to, for them to find you? I think the best way is to go to our website. Uh, and the reason for that is that we do offer a complimentary discovery meeting and 
what you learn from there and what you're able to share your truths and what's going on in your life in a safe environment is so powerful. And that's Quantum Leap, Q-U-A-N-T-U-M-L-E-A-P-global.com. Very good. I will make sure to put that in our show notes uh, so those of you who are not driving can scroll down and click on that and and, uh, find Michael's uh, website there. Michael, thank you so much again for joining me today. It's been a pleasure and enlightening, and I, I'm uh, excited to, to continue to learn more about this whole, this whole uh, journey you've been on and are continue to be on. Right, and, and thank you again for having me and allowing me to share my story. I appreciate that. Absolutely. To our listeners, thank you also for joining us. Uh, I, if you would like to listen to some of our uh, podcast archives, you can find them at moneyfit.org slash podcast. I do please uh, ask you that uh, you click on the like button on your platform for this episode and that you subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified of uh, when another one comes out. They do come out every Monday morning. So uh, until the next time, in fact, please stay money fit and stay well. Stay well.